If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn. The first passage of Scripture we're going to look at is found in Genesis chapter 2. So while those are being passed around, uh, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 2. What I want to do tonight is I want to address a topic that has been a topic of controversy not only in our day and time, but what I want to talk to you tonight about has, was a controversy even in the days of Jesus Christ. It was a controversy even in the days of Jesus Christ. So for a long time, this topic that I want to talk to you tonight about has been one of controversy, that being divorce. Now what I'm going to attempt to do tonight is compare what the Bible has to say and take a look at the word divorce, but also take a look at the word putting away. And I want to do a word study on those two words. Now, the view that you have on this subject, let me say that again, the view that you have on this subject is probably not a result of your own digging and your own research into the Scripture. Rather, it's probably uh, ideology based upon what you have been taught all your life. I think for most, that would be a fair statement. Now, there may be some of you that have really dug into this topic, but probably for most people within our churches, not just this church, but all churches, what they believe about divorce and remarriage they believe simply because of what they've been taught all their life in their church. Whether it's really conservative on it or really liberal on it. What they believe is not a result of what they have dug within the Scripture and found out for themselves. Now, in my case, when I first started pastoring, I dug a lot of digging into the Word of God to get me a what should we say, a standard or a belief where I stood on divorce and remarriage. Because of, as a pastor, I, uh, you know, I had to have a policy here, okay? Now, as I began digging into this and digging into this subject on my own, what I didn't realize at the time is that my digging into this subject, the information that I found, if it didn't agree with my ideology, if it didn't agree with what I already believed and the way I always, you know, the way I already felt about this, what I would do is write that off as bad information. That theologian just don't know what they're talking about. That person who wrote that commentary, they don't know what they're talking about. And of course, you know how many commentaries I've written. Okay? But we're all bad about that. We're all guilty about that. You know, it, 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 we, we develop what we believe, and if anything doesn't go along with that and fit with that, we don't agree with it. Now, I do believe that we need to stand strong on our convictions. And I do believe that we ought to know what we believe. And not only do we need to know what we believe, we need to know why we believe it. You see, it does no good to know what you believe if you don't know why you believe it. We need to make sure that what we believe is truth, not just truth based upon traditional beliefs, rather truth based upon the Word of God. Now, I've had a lot of people come to me in the past and, you know, over the past 25 years of pastoring and say, well, I don't agree with you. And, of course, you know my response to them. You've got a right to be wrong. 
But I would tell them, I mean, I always give people an option. Okay, show me why you believe. You take the Word of God and you show me why you believe what you believe. Well, uh, it's just what I believe. Okay, if what you believe is what you believe, and that's good enough for you, then what I believe, what I believe is good enough for me. If you can't show me in the Word of God that what I believe is contradictory to the Word of God, then I'm not going to pay you much mind because your opinion is no better than mine. Does that make sense? But now, if you can take the Word of God and you can say, wait a minute, here's what the Word says, then I'm more inclined to listen to you. Not so much you, but what the Word of God has to say. Now, what I'm going to attempt to do tonight is show you what is traditionally held as truth by most Baptist churches and what most of us have been taught all our life. And then what I want to do is I want to go back to the original. I want to, I want to go at it from a different angle. I want to go to the original and see if our traditional beliefs line up with what the original Greek and Hebrew teaches. Now, for some of you, you're going to go out of here tonight saying that your idea on divorce and remarriage has not changed. Some of you are just going to go out and, and that's fine, you know. You're going to go out and say, well, my, my, my view on divorce and remarriage has not changed. I still feel the same way I have in the past. And that's fine. Some are going to go out here and you're going to go say, well, maybe I need to look deeper into this. I'm going to take these notes that the that pastor has given us. I'm going to look deeper into it. I'm going to look at it from this angle rather than the angle I've always looked at. it. And then there's others that's going to leave out of here tonight more confused than when you came. Okay? Now let's begin by looking at marriage as marriage is defined by Scripture. And here's where we find it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 through 24. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs, God did, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, here, look what verse 24 says. Therefore, now therefore is a word that simply means as a result of, as a result of God taking a rib out of man, as a result of God taking that rib and forming a woman, as a result of God bringing that woman to God or to Adam, and presenting to her, or him to her, or, or her to him. Therefore, as a result of this, shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. That's where the first marriage took place. Now here's what I want you to understand. God's perfect will was for marriage to be for one lifetime. It was to be for a lifetime, but in his knowing that mankind would corrupt it, his perfect will, he then made a, a way for a permissive will that we're going to look at here in just a moment. 
Now turn to Matthew chapter 19. So the thing is, God had this perfect will about marriage. But God knew man's, if you please, stupidity and man's rebellion and how man would not always adhere to God's perfect will. So what we're going to see here in just a moment, that God allowed, I didn't say he, you know, liked it maybe necessarily, but God allowed a permissive will. Matthew chapter 19, begin with verse 3. Now the Pharisees also came to him, speaking about Jesus, tempting him, and saying unto him this. Now, I want you to look what it says. They were tempting him. In other words, they were trying to trip him up. They were trying to get him to say something that went against their traditional ways. They were trying to get him to say something that they could go, whoa, you're wrong here. We've caught you messing up. So they came to him, tempting him and saying to him, here's what they asked. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now, how many of you got a a version other than the King James? Raise your hand. If you're ashamed to raise your hand, you shouldn't be reading that Bible. Okay. How many of you who have something other than the King James, it translates the word put away as divorce? Raise your hand. Okay. That is a bad translation that you're going to see tonight. What you're going to see tonight is the, the translators of that translation has mistranslated that word. The original Greek word there is not divorce. That's why the King James uses the term put away. And I'm going to bring all this together for you in a moment. So he said here, he said, you know, is it, they ask him, you know, is, is, it, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? In other words, no matter what she does, okay? No matter if she burns the beans, no matter if she ain't as good looking as she was when you married her, you know, 41 years ago, okay? No matter what. In other words, for every cause, is it okay for a man to, look at this, put away his wife, okay? Not divorce her, but to put her away. Let's read what Jesus has to say here. Jesus said, uh, look, guys, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made him male and female. Now, he's taking them back to Genesis chapter 2. And he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, or two, but they're one flesh. And then Jesus says what God says here, Wherefore, whatsoever God has joined together, let no man put asunder. They'd say, they said this to him. Here's what they said. Well, wait a minute then, Jesus. Why did Moses command to give a written divorce? Now, here I want you to see here. I think I may have put this in your notes. If I, I may not have put this in your notes, but it's going to be there a little later on. The word writing of divorcement there is the Greek word apostation. Apostation. Did I put that in your notes? Okay. Apostation. That is the Greek word for bill of divorcement. That is the Greek word for divorce. Okay? Now, he says, you know, uh, that you should just give her a a writing of divorce and put her away. 
Now, the term there, put her away, is not apostation. Okay, it's a different word. It's apaluo. So you see two different Greek words there. They, they was at, remember, they were trying to trip Jesus up, right? You still with me here? They were trying to throw him a curveball. So they used two different words. They said, well, look here. You know, Moses said, all we got to do here is, is write them an apostation. And to apaluo, put her away. I'll bring all this together for you in a moment if it's clear as muddy water. And he said unto them, look what his response was. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to, what's your Bible say? Divorce. It's not the word for divorce. It's not apostation. The word used there in the original is the word for put away, apaluo. So, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, allowed you or suffered you to apaluo, your wives. Now, let me tell you the difference in divorce and apaluo. Apaluo, to put away, was to mean just to cast her off. She's out of here. Throw her out on the street. You do away with her. You kick her out of your house. You did not write her an apostation. You did not write her a writ. You did not give her a bill of divorcement. You just kicked her out. Now, I'm going to have a Q&A when we get through here, so if you've got some questions, write them down. I just don't want to do them in the middle of this. So here's what he says. He says, you know, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to uh, apaluo your wives. In other words, cast them out, put them out, do away with them. But from the beginning, it was not so. In other words, he said, you know, that's not the way God intended things in the beginning. And I say unto you, that whosoever, some of your Bible says divorce, correct? It's not apostation, it's apaluo. Okay? Here's what he says. Whosoever shall apaluo his wife. In other words, just cast her out. Now, I'm going to leave out the next part here, and I'm going to come back to it in a moment. Whosoever shall put away his wife and shall marry another committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her which is put away doeth commit adultery. In other words, if you just apaluo your wife, if you just cast her out, but never give her a writ, a bill of divorcement, and you remarry someone, you're still married to her. She's still married to you. A divorce has not taken place. An apostation has not happened. There has been no writ. There has been no bill of divorcement. Therefore, if you get remarried or she gets remarried, they are committing adultery. Or if they have sexual relations, then they are, having, they are committing adultery because there has never been a release. All he's done is cast her out. But look what Jesus does here. He inserts this exception here. Except it be for fornication. Now, let me back up there. Whosoever shall apaluo in his wife. In other words, whosoever shall just cast her out, except it be for fornication. So if she has committed adultery, then he has the right at that point just to cast her off. Okay? I hope you see that insertion there. That you was, they was not able to just put her away because she was you know, no longer pretty, because she burned the beans, or because this. 
Jesus said, you know, except it be for fornication. In the event of fornication, in the event of adultery, in the event of sexual immorality, he had a right to just cast her out and do away with it. You see, we can't miss this. God's perfect will do away with it. You see, we can't miss this. God's perfect will is that when a man and a woman share those wedding vows with one another, that that bond would last for a lifetime. And that is why Jesus said here in verse 8, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed putting away, but from the very beginning, that's not how God desired it to be. But God allowed this via Moses, if you please. In other words, it was his permissive will. He allowed it to take place. But in the beginning, God did not have that in mind. Moses allowed putting away from the very beginning, but that's not how God desired it to be. But let's go back, and I want you to see two things. Under what circumstance was divorce allowed by Moses? And the second thing I want to look at, is divorce the question that the Pharisees were really asking Jesus? Were they really asking Jesus about apostation? Or were they really asking him about apaluo? Okay? Were they asking him about putting away? Or were they really asking him about divorce? I want to take a look at those two things. Let's take a look. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 24. I want to show you the Old Testament guidelines for apostation, for actual divorce, okay? For divorce, here was the guidelines that was laid down for that. And let me, tell you, let me say this, as you're turning there, nowhere have I been able to find that these guidelines have changed, okay? That these guidelines have changed. Deuteronomy chapter 24, begin with verse 1. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanliness in her, then let him write her a karathuf. Now that is the, the Hebrew equivalent, okay, to apostation. In other words, let him write her a bill of divorcement. Now, just out of curiosity, I didn't look this up, but uh, those who don't have a King James, does it use the term bill of divorcement or what does it use? Bill of divorcement, certificate of divorcement. Okay, that's a correct, that is a correct translation there. In other words, when he did not find favor, he was to write her out a bill of divorcement. Now, what that was referred to as is a writ, W-R-I-T. He was to write her a writ. It was a written bill of divorcement. It was a legal thing that he was releasing her. Okay, look at this. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanliness in her, let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her in her hand and send her out of his house. Okay, are you with me so far? He, Moses said, just write her out a writ. And that's what the Pharisees was asking. Why did Moses, you know, do this? Now, when he gives her that bill of divorcement, what does that allow for her? Look at verse 2. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Now, that is contingent upon her having a bill of divorcement. 
In other, way, if, in other words, if he just puts her away, Apollosa, okay, if he just puts her away, they didn't give a bill of divorcement for that. She was not free to remarry. But if he gave her a bill of divorcement, if he gave her a writ, she was free to find another husband. Again, that's what you see there. She may go and be another man's wife. Now, again, the Hebrew word used here is equivalent to the Greek word that we're going to look at more in depth here in just a moment, apaluo. But this is not putting away. This is a divorce, the giving of a writ, the giving of a bill of divorcement. It's the same thing that we have today as a divorce creed. I think that's what they call them, isn't it? Okay. In other words, when you go before a judge, the judge signs the papers, you are legally divorced. The way this works today is just like this. They have been given freedom to go. In other words, there was not a putting away. There was not just a casting out. There was a writ given, a bill of divorcement given. Now, there's a couple of things here that we must make note of. First of all, I want you to look in verse 1. Because he has found some uncleanliness in her. Now, there's a little bit of different uh, ideas here on what that actually means. The word here used, the Hebrew word used here is the word irva. It's the word irva. And it literally means a, a, a thing of matter or nakedness, uh, you know, such as some shameful thing, something disgraceful. In fact, there were really no limits to what the man could find wrong in the woman. I mean, there were no limits in what he could find wrong. You know, like I say, even if she just burned the beans, even if she wasn't, uh, if he found someone prettier than her. Now, the Pharisees in our Lord's day taught for anything. That's what the Pharisees said. For anything, he could just put her away. Well, that's not what Moses said. Okay? So, that's the way the Pharisees taught. Now, the school of, uh, of, of Shammai, on the other hand, they taught that only for something disgraceful, such as adultery, could a wife be divorced. However, in this time, adultery was punishable by death. If a woman committed adultery, she could be stoned to death. So some say, well, it's not really talking about adultery because the penalty for that would have been not a bill of divorcement. Rather, the penalty for that would have been that she would have been stoned to death. So there's a little controversy over that. But if she committed adultery, there are some other actions to be taken. Next in your notes there, he would write her a bill of divorcement, it says in verse uh, B, 1B. As I stated, he would, he, he would not have given her a bill of divorcement for adultery. Again, for adultery, what he would have done was put her away. Now we're talking about back in this day. He would have put her away for adultery. But for most any other reason, other than adultery, he would write her a writ. And again, this was a letter that he would give to her stating that she is free. And as a result of that writ, she could go marry someone else in order to take care of her. Now, the third thing there is a woman possessing a writ was free to marry again, we see in verse 2. This was the only way she was free to marry again, and with the writ, she would not be an outcast in society. So as long as he gave her that bill of divorcement, as long as he gave her that divorce decree, as long as he gave her that writ, she would not be an outcast in society. You know, she could go, she could find her another husband, they could get married, and he could take care of her. Now, what was the alternative of divorce? 
The man had the option of divorcing his wife by giving her a writ or putting her away. In other words, this was the other option for a divorce. This was the other option for a divorce decree or bill of divorcement, putting her away. And, 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 and divorce, uh, you know, was, again, if she committed adultery, he could just put her away in this, in, in this sense. And she would either be stoned to death or she'd be out on the street. And no one else could marry her because she didn't possess this bill of divorcement. Now, the question that the Pharisees were asking Jesus, this is the question they were asking. Look again there in Matthew chapter 19 at the question posed by the Pharisees. Matthew 19. The Pharisees also come to Jesus, tempting him and saying, Is it lawful for a man to, and those of you who have a translation that says divorce, it's a bad translation. It is not apostation, okay? It, it is, you know, apaluo. Go back to the Greek. If you've got a strong, go look at this. It's a complete different word. So the translators of, of you know, the new, a new international version, whatever all these versions are, they have got it wrong. And if you go back to the Greek, you'll see that it is wrong. Because here's what has happened, you know, that we've interchanged divorce and putting away. And they're two entirely different things. And we have to separate them. We have to separate them. I'm going to get in more detail about that right now. Okay, so there was two different things. So the question the Pharisees was asking, you know, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Remember, that's just cast them out. That's not writing them a writ. That's just saying you're out of here. So the Pharisees were saying, is it lawful for a man to just kick her out for any reason? For whatever reason he deems necessary. For every cause, they say here. And Jesus said, whosoever shall just kick her out. Again, that word is not divorce. Whosoever shall just put her away. Okay? Whosoever shall just cast her out unless it's for sexual immorality. Jesus inserts that. And shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever shall marrieth her, that is put away doeth commit adultery. Jesus was letting them know that they could put her away for the cause of adultery and she would not be free to marry again. But for any other reason, the man needed to write her a bill of divorcement which would free her to remarry and find someone else that was going to take care of her. Find someone else that was going to meet her needs. Find someone else that was going to get her to where she didn't have to live on the streets. You see, without the divorce paper, she and any man she was with would be committing adultery if they married. So what we see in the Old Testament is that divorce and remarriage was permitted so long as a writ, a divorce document, a decree, okay, was given to the wife. The writ, what it done, it actually severed, it actually cut the matrimonial bond. And that writ could be given for any, other, any reason except adultery. And I guess the guy, if he wanted to, he could give her the writ for adultery. It wasn't practiced. In fact, let me just insert this. How many of you remember when Joseph found out that Mary was with child? Okay? When Joseph found out Mary was with child, now you do understand, some people don't know this, but you know the, the, the truth is they were not married at the time. They were betrothed. The word betrothed simply means an engagement period. 
So they were only engaged when Joseph found out Mary was with child. And if you know the story there, it says that he sought to privately put her away. Didn't say divorce her. Privately put her away. So she wouldn't be stoned. Okay? But he didn't do it, did he? But he, he had that option. But he trusted God. So again, what we see in the Old Testament, divorce was, and remarriage was permitted so long as this writ was given. Now, what's the New Testament view here? Fourth thing there in your notes. The first thing we must understand that there is still no difference in putting away and divorce. When we got to the New Testament, there were still the two different things. There was the putting away and there was the divorce. And this is the major misconception of many students in the Bible. And, 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 and for this reason, you know, uh, scholars and pastors for years have failed to see the two different Greek words. And I believe the reason for that is for years they've been trying to use them interchangeably and saying, well, putting away means divorce. But it doesn't. Putting away just means casting her out and not giving her a bill of divorcement. Now, looking into this, I, I, I went all through the Greek with this, okay? Went all through Strong's and everything else. There's only three times that the word divorce, okay? There's only three times that the word apostation is used. I think I got them in your notes, or maybe I did I, uh, did I Mark chapter 5, 31, 32, did I put that there? Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 7, did I put that there? What about Mark 10 and 4? All right, write down Mark 10 and 4. I thought maybe I forgot to put Mark 10 and 4. Okay? The, the, what you'll see is this is the only time this word is used in these three cases. Okay? And again, that's the only time that divorce is actually used. All the other times that you see it in the Gospels, it's putting away. Apaluo, which is not divorce, is putting away. So I want you to see that's two different words. But for so long, scholars have been combining those two words, and that's what's been so confusing about this. But the only three times that word is used, apostation, is there in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 19, and Mark chapter 10. And each time is talking about a bill of divorcement. You know, it's a divorce, but it's the bill that has been given to them. So we can see this, you know, I mean, very clearly. In fact, these three words, again, the only time that's used in the New Testament is here. Now, let's look at this. I've been talking about the difference in these two, but in your notes there, apaluo, okay, means putting away, okay? Apostation is divorce or a bill of divorcement. Now, let's, let's take a look at this. Look at, uh, where am I? Matthew chapter 5, 31 and 32. I'm going to read this the way that it's probably in most of your Bibles. And then I'm going to read it the way it's in the original. Would that be, is that okay with you? All right, let me read it the way that it's probably in your Bible most of you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. And it has been said, Whosoever shall divorce his wife, let him give her a written divorcement. Is that what most of you say is something to that effect? 
Some are saying yes, some are saying no. Okay. That's, that's a better translation. What translation you got? Okay. All right. That is a more, tra- it's not the word divorce. The word used there is the word apaluo. And looking at your notes there, what's apaluo? Putting away. So if your Bible is translated at divorce, it's a bad translation. Don't mean to slam your Bible, but it's a bad translation. Go back to the Greek if you don't believe me. So whosoever shall put away his wife, whosoever shall divorce his wife, must give her a written uh, a bill of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall, some of, most of you probably says, divorce his wife. Is that what most of you says? Okay. Whosoever shall divorce his wife except for the cause of fornication causes her to commit, commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced. Does most of you say divorced again? Okay, bad translation. I'll show you in a moment. Committeth adultery. Again, in the original it says this. Whosoever shall apaluo his wife. What's apaluo? Put her away. Just cast her out. She gets no writ. Whosoever shall apaluo his wife, let him give her an apostasio. What is that? A bill of divorcement. Free her up. So she can get someone else to take care of her. Okay? But I say unto you, in other words, that's what has been said, but I say unto you that whosoever shall apaluo his wife except for the cause of sexual misconduct or, you know, fornication or sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is put away commits adultery. So the adultery comes in when one has just been put away and they get remarried and they never had a writ. But as long as the writ was given, as long as the bill of divorcement was given, as long as the divorce decree was signed, then they now had the freedom to remarry. In many translations today, both of these words again are translated divorce and they're used interchangeable. However, that's what's been so confusing and, and, and you know, people have not really been able to understand the teaching. There are two words, they have two different meanings. Now, what's the summation of this? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let me kind of just surmise all this, bring all this together, and then I'm going to have a Q&A time. If you've been having questions and wrote them down, I'll be my, do my best to answer them. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 through 16. Even after, you know, th- this is the passage that's always caught my attention. This is the passage that, uh, you know, I have set my policy based on. Because I could see some of this other stuff. But this is the passage that always confused me. Those of you who know me know I never, I, in the 25 years I've pastored, you know, I, my policy was not to perform second marriages outside of death. Okay? And the reason for that is because of this right here, this passage. Because this is the one that threw me until here just recently when I dug into it. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but this is the Lord. In other words, Paul saying, this isn't my opinion. This is what the Lord has to say. Let not the wife depart from her husband, 
But if she depart, now this is not having a writ. If she depart, and there's no bill of divorcement, if she departs and there is no writ, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Now this is the scripture that I always, I said, well, you know, if the Lord said, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled, who am I to marry him? You see where I was coming from. But what he's talking about here is if she departs and she does not have this writ, then she is not free to marry. He is not free to remarry. Only with a writ did that freedom, or was that freedom there? Or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband, now what's it say? Put away his wife. Again, some of you said divorce there, right? That is the Greek word, apaluo. Let not the husband just cast her out. Look, if you're going to, if you're going to get rid of her, because she's burned the beans, if you're going to get rid of her, because, you know, nowadays, what is it, unreconcilable differences? Give her a divorce. Is that God's perfect will? No. But free her up in order that she can get someone that will take care of. And he goes on, but to the rest I speak, not I, but the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she's pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Let him not apalu her. Okay? And the woman which has a husband that believeth not, uh, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. And, and it goes on down, talking about that. So, let me just summarize this with three points. First of all, God's perfect will still remains the same today. One man with one woman for one lifetime. That's God's perfect will. God still hates divorce, and God always will hate divorce. And the reason for, for his hating divorce is because of all the destruction that it causes. And, and there's probably about 50% in here tonight who's been divorced. And you know what I'm talking about. It tears... It tears people apart. It tears children apart. It tears friendships apart. So that's why God said in Malachi, I hate divorce. Because of the destruction that it caused. However, his perfect will still remains the same. The second thing is this. Once a bill of divorce has been issued, both the man and the woman are free to marry again. Again, back uh, uh, the, the New Testament... You go back there in verses 21, or 24, chapter 24, Deuteronomy, when a man hath taken a wife and marrieth her, and it come to pass that he find no favor in her eyes because he's found some uncleanliness, let him give her a bill of divorcement. Okay? And give it into her hand and send her out of the house. And when she's departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Again, this applies to the receiving of a bill of divorcement not a putting away, not an apalua. Once the divorce is final, the matrimonial bond has been cut, and a person is free to remarry. And if they remarry without a writ, they were considered having two spouses, therefore committing adultery. Are you with me on that? They were considered, if there was no writ, having two spouses, and they were committing adultery. And finally... 
Divorce, folks, should be the final option. Should be the final option. Nowadays, it seems like it's the first option. But it should be the final option. Okay, I want to open it up for questions. Because I know you got plenty. Because I know 